Hello and welcome to Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that aims to redefine what it means to reach our full potential by exploring how movement and mindset impacts our lives and how we can all work to reach our full potential. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. And on this episode, I speak with Braden Bott. Um, Braden and I have known each other for a long, long time. I've had the great pleasure of coaching him as an athlete. Um, he has made the move, uh, or the jump rather, to, uh, to become a coach and is now working with our TEC team. And he is thriving. And I wanted him on the show to highlight what it looks like to view endurance sports from multiple sides of the equation, from the athlete side, from the coach side, from the busy parent side who's trying to juggle everything. Braden has two young kids and a partner and is in a similar situation that so many of us are in, in that we want to excel in multiple areas of our lives, and it is challenging. It's challenging to prioritize ourselves, to prioritize our families, our work, start new businesses, manage all the pieces and parts, and that's where Braden's experience and his insight uh, in this uh, episode really, um, really shine, and I really think you're going to be something that resonates with so many of our listeners, no matter where you're coming at this from or what your experience is, or um, you know, even if you're not in the coaching space, the lessons learned and the takeaways and the commitment to consistency and discipline that Braden shows and has shown for all these years is something that so many of us can learn from. And so I was excited to just explore his mindset and how he's viewed things um, and how his perspective has changed over the years as his engagement and relationship with um, with exercise has changed, be that from his beginnings as a road cyclist to, um, to a distance mountain bike racer, uh, now to still keeping cycling at the, at the forefront, but more health and wellness and strength training and more athleticism. And then we blend that in with a coach's perspective and what he's learning uh, on that side as well. And just um, such a great conversation. I, I love Braden. Um, he's got an amazing attitude. He's always happy. He brings so much energy um, to every situation and conversation and relationship um, that he uh, is a part of. So I know that you'll enjoy this this conversation. As always, if you need more resources, more guidance, um, and want to connect with a coach like Braden, you can do that at thomasendurancecoaching.com. And we are always happy to connect and um, and just walk through what it looks like to be supported. Um, what does it look like to have someone in your corner? Um, that's such a critical piece of what we provide, and it's something that I think all of us can benefit from uh, no matter what our goals are. We all need that support. It's hard to go at it alone. So if you're looking for that, I'd encourage you to go to thomasendurancecoaching.com. You can click the button in the top right corner, and we would love uh, to speak with you. So Without further ado, uh, please enjoy my conversation with Braden Bott. Braden, welcome to Endurance Minded. How are you? Doing good, Taylor. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, I'm excited. You, uh, you've, seen, you've seen a lot of different angles uh, of the endurance sports space. You've uh, been a longtime athlete. You and I have, uh, have worked together for a long time. I've had the great pleasure of... Uh, working with you on the coach side, uh, and you also um, have started to work uh, as a coach yourself uh, with TEC. So there's a lot of, uh, you're, you're seeing both sides of the equation here, which I think is going to make for a really dynamic conversation. But one of the things I want to start with that, that, I, that I know is going to resonate with so many, uh, so many of our listeners is uh, as an athlete and as, as uh, someone who has been on the coach side working with you, You've always managed to be very, very, uh, another very, very consistent um, with your exercise. And you have a demanding job and you have um, a family, you have young kids, um, you have, you know, most of the things that so many people have that are uh, often disruptive to that consistency and you have managed to always um make that time carve out that space make sure your goals are at the forefront and i know you're 
super involved with your family and in uh, your young kids. So it hasn't been seemingly at the detriment of the other things that you care about. So just walk me through what that process, how, how do you get there? What's that process been like for you? You've been at it for years now. Um, yeah. Uh, how do you do it? How, you know, sacrifices you've had to make. What, what has that been like? Yeah. Uh, the easy answer is find an awesome wife that lets you to do all of it. All of it. <laughs> um, sure, yeah. No, I, I'm very fortunate to have a loving wife that allows me to do that. Um, I've, I've been an endurance athlete for almost 15 years now. And I kind of started off initially when I was single and I was early in my career. So I was able to more or less merge the two within my career. Um, and really, I was in, I'm in construction and would work anywhere from 8 to 12 hours a day, six days a week. And it was extremely demanding um, and still is, but it's uh, kind of set your priorities. Uh, my, I, as I got older in my career and worked out, started working out, I used to do a lot of my workouts at night because I had more freedom then. And then I would just go to work early. And then uh, as I, my family grew from one kid to two kids, I then realized that nighttime's family time. And you get to spend the quality time with them and, uh, kind of the, 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 and now I try to get all my morning workouts done in the morning before usually everyone's awake. And that really has helped out. And it, it's always that, that grind in the beginning when you wake up at three thirty four in the morning that you're like, why do I do this to myself? And, uh, <laughs> and it's, and it, everyone kind of thinks about it that way. And, uh, it's like, I, I can sleep in until six or seven and be well rested. But then at the same time, you'd go through your day and I, I, I've come accustomed now to working out. And it's like, if I don't work out right away in the morning, my, my day's kind of ruined and I get grumpy and uh, I enjoy having kind of that balance and you start your day off early enough. And then, uh, you know, usually no one's out there or, and I kind of, I do. I was primarily cycling, so I'd be out on the roads early, and everything's calmer. You're not dealing with traffic, but that that balance uh, over the last five years has been definitely challenged uh, as my family's grown, and so and working with a coach like yourself helps me kind of guide where I needed to go. And it's like, hey, here's my time limits for each day, and I. I couldn't do, I can't do three hour rides, uh, through the week anymore. I, I have to cap it out an hour and a half just to make sure I can get to work and still see my family in the morning. Um, and so, uh, some of the, <laughs> and what is it through the years, I think I had a couple trials of my career, how to take precedence. And so it's like, all right, let's, let's put a pause on my training or, uh, renegotiate the training. Um, what is it? One of the biggest experiences that I had about three years ago is, uh, my wife, my wife was nine months pregnant with my son. Uh, we had decided to renovate our house and being in construction, I decided to take that on my entire self. And, um, so, and then still managing a full-time job. And so, uh, my son was born, uh, I'll say mid January, the next week we started demolition of our house and it was a full process and I kind of dialed back my training. Um, and it's, I think we went down to three days a week and it just working, having, having the discuss, open discussions with you of here's what's going on in my life and kind of laying the groundwork helped me, you know, get that, keep that consistency. Cause it's, you don't want to get burnt out. And, if you're constantly trying to work out every day, trying to always do better than the day before, you're going to get burnout. And so I definitely had some times like that. And I just had to pause that day and let my body recover and go at it the next day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you brought up, there's a, there's a few, few great points in there that I want to expand on. I want to go kind of way back to the early where you said, you know, you're lucky enough to have a, have a great, uh, a wife who's understanding, but I, I do think that, that there is, it's such a critical piece. You know, if you are, if you have a partner, um, to have that buy-in, you know, to have that conversation and be like, Hey, this is something that I, it's important to me. 
it has to be important in some way to the other person. Right. And I think so often, like as athletes, we, we pretend that we got this alone. We're like, okay, this is our training plan. These are our goals. This is, and I'm going to do this. Well, no, like it impacts everybody around you, you know? And, and, and so you have to have buy-in and, and I think just very honest conversations about like, Hey, this is something that's important to me. How do we make this work? You know, what does this look like tactically? Because I can't just pretend like these other things aren't going on. But what was that? Um, I mean, it, what did that like communication process look like? Or I'm just curious. Cause I, I that's a, that's a really important step that I want to make sure people understand is like, when you commit to anything, you got to make sure that everybody in your orbit is on board in a way that they need to be on board uh, based yep. on how they're involved. Otherwise you're just going to be butting heads. Right. It, and then that, and that happens so often is they're like, Oh, I can't. Cause I got to do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, well, have you, have you talked to that person? Do they understand like why this is important to you? So yeah. What was, um, I mean, yeah. Did, did we, were you able to have those, conversations or just how did you communicate that in a way that you know that was always known that it was important so that that took me way back (laughs) so when i uh when i first started cycling i started primarily as a road cyclist and i there's a local group that i rode with quite a bit and i didn't know how to train i didn't know what type of training to do i just went and rode my bike aimlessly and um, I think I signed up for Valley of the Sun um, and just got completely shelled out, destroyed, and still had just so much fun with it. And then a group of us had decided to do a uh, tour of Gila. And, um, and so it's, we did that. And again, I didn't know how to train properly. I, don't, I didn't know anything about intervals. I, and so went out there and, again, just got completely destroyed, still like had, had a ton of fun and didn't d- get discouraged. And that was early on in my relationship with my, my, at, at the time, the girlfriend, now my wife. Um, and she's like, are, do you really like this sport? Like, are you having fun with it? And then one of the guys that I was out in tour of the, of the Gila with, I started to get to know him and that he actually coached me for seven years before finding you. And he started helping me write programs or write, writing a program for me in, in four week blocks of time. And it was before all this awesome software. So it was all in Excel spreadsheets and you kind of, and I, you'd memorize your stuff, but I, as I started working with him, you started seeing results. And so kind of the conversations that I would have with my wife is, Hey, here's kind of my training for the month and here's my goals. And, um, and so kind of that helped to lead those conversations of, I want to do this. Here's a fun race. And you definitely made a lot of sacrifices. Um, I, being living in Phoenix, you can be distracted in any city that you have, you can be like, Oh, I want to go out and go party. And so it's like, I, I would, uh, I definitely stopped drinking as much. I didn't party as much. So kind of made some big sacrifices during my, my, I'll say my twenties and, um, and decided, Hey, I'm going to just primarily focus on my career in cycling. And so that's where I put a lot of focus at. And, it was, it was a lot of rewarding, a lot of rewards came out of it. And I was super excited about everything and, you know, did, I did road, road racing, got up to what category three, uh, with USA cycling and then kind of started changing my tune with road racing and decided to put more of a focus on mountain biking. And so, um, that's where that, that's where my love is now. And it's like, I, I love it because you can go out and just hit it hard you're racing on on yourself but like kind of made those different changes and sacrifices as my family grew and kind of realized this is where i want to kind of go and so it made it a lot easier but yeah that conversation um definitely happened and it was just what also helped is here's my plan and (laughs) and she was fully supportive of it because it was you're you're uh, everyone knows it's like you write, if you write your goals down, you're more willing to stick to it. And so, and, and so that's where I had a written plan. Here's my goals for the races. And that helped lead those discussions. Yeah. I love that idea of, or, or just the, the bringing, bringing her like completely into the fold and like sharing the, the actual training, you know, because I think again, on the athlete side, we, we just have a tendency to think about these things like in a vacuum, right? We're like, okay, well, that's my training over here. 
And then like my family is over here. Right. But I, I love that approach. You're like, Hey, this is what I'm doing this month. And like, these are my goals. And this is, you know, this is what it's going to, that's what it's going to take. And um, I think that's a, that's an awesome approach. It's a great way to kind of get that, just that transparency. Right. So everybody's on the same page and, um, and to talk about the time required and like the sacrifices that you're willing to make. And, you know, that's another thing is that if there's, if there's a difference in, um, in, in goals in terms of you want to go race your bike and somebody else that you're close with, maybe they're in your house or a close friend has totally different goals that mean maybe they're going out late at night and you're trying to get up at four in the morning and ride your bike, right? Like that's going to cause some friction. And so I think there's, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that they're, they're like, Oh man, you know, I got to get up early and I want to exercise, but my partner stays up late and wants to like watch movies in bed till one o'clock in the morning. Right. Oh, those things are inconsistent, right? So there is just this very real need to, to get on some semblance of the same page so that everybody can be, you know, feel like they're moving in the direction that they want. Um, it doesn't mean that, you know, your partner has to be an endurance athlete and they too have to get up at four in the morning and ride their bike. But you know, they got to, you get, you know, you got to come to that same page. Um, the other thing that you touched on is, is like adjusting expectations when your life changes, right? So you use the example of when you're doing your home renovation, your son was about to be born, dramatically dynamic period in your life. And I remember that time period, you and I were navigating that and we were communicating and figuring out what was going to be best, but still keep you connected. I think we, you know, took some time off. Um, that's a really hard thing for a lot of people to do though, right? Again, we imagine a scenario where the, 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 um, the path to our goals is a perfectly straight line, right? And it always goes up and out, right? We get fitter, we get you know, more progress, and, you know, we don't see anything disrupting us. It's always going to be fine. We're always going to have amazing days and we're going to reach our goal and it's going to be awesome. Well, of course, you know, massive valleys and dips and, you know, speed bumps and everything else. So when you were in that place, what was the process you went through to just kind of make peace with that, right? To say like, Hey, this is where I'm at right now. Yes. I want to train. I, you know, I still have goals athletically, but I, I know that right now it's going to look and feel different and that's okay. So how did you get to a place where you, you were just okay with that? And you know, and it wasn't, it didn't mean that you were less of an athlete or that your goals weren't important, but just at that moment, and it was like a decent amount of time. I remember it was a handful of months, six months or so. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, and and that's in the scheme of things, that's not that long, but when you're in it, six, I mean, six months is a long time. So yeah. What was that like for you to get to a place where that felt like healthy and productive and you were cool with it? Um, so I think, cause I think I registered for a mountain bike race and I was doing the marathon. So it's a 40 mile mountain bike race. And I think I did that and I was driving home and kind of just came to the conclusion of I'm, I'm going to burn myself out. And, um, and so it was like, I need to find a balance of, I have a newborn and kind of the running joke I have with my wife is her, her job for while we were doing our house was to take care of our kids. And then mine was to take care of the house. And, I was like, I didn't know I had a son until he was nine months old when I was done with the house. <laughs> and so it was like one of those, Oh, whoops. Um, but I, I kind of quickly realized I, I don't want to bite off too much, um, too much more that I can handle. And so it's like, Hey, I need to go find this balance. And, um, it was one of those, as I was just, starting to realize my days are going to be really busy. I start at my house, make sure all the contractors are lined up, go to work, come home from work, go check on the house, do some things, do some work on it as well. And I, I, I think what I started realizing is I was actually doing a lot of physical labor too. And so going out and training, trying to be a top fit athlete on, on, on the endurance side, wasn't going to work. And I was going to quickly just end up having to shut my body down if I try to maintain both. And actually, I think I grew more functional fitness doing my house because I was constantly like manhandling two by fours, having to do just move stuff around and realize, hey, I like I like this actual functional fitness rather than just being a scrawny cyclist. And so <laughs> um, that's where uh, that so kind of that, that balanced it out of kind of just 
having to think about, Hey, I, I'm not going to be just straight cyclist. And kind of after that, I started kind of what it took me almost another year to kind of come to a conclusion of, I want to try to be a more well-rounded athlete than just a single focus athlete. And so that's where we started incorporating doing more strength sessions, um, actually doing more weight, but that, and that's where I'm like, I like the functional fitness now. Yeah. I think that's a, it's a great point that in those time periods that are dynamic, you know, when we all, whatever it is, right. Pick a, pick a life scenario, right. That's just the way it unfolds. I think it's really helpful to, um, to look for opportunity, you know, and like, that's how that played out for you is in that you're able to recognize, Oh, there, you know, one, I like to move my body in different ways. Right. So yeah, we had been really just hammering miles on the bike and, and that, you know, that was your goal and that was fine. Um, but there's often things we can learn about what we enjoy or opportunities to try different things. Um, you know, I always tell people like when you're short on time, um, which is typically what happens, right? Something happens in your life. Okay. Like, okay. I don't have as much time as I used to have, like, where's the opportunity in that, right? Instead of being upset about, um, the fact that you don't have, you know, an hour a day for a workout or you can't go for three hours on the weekends or whatever, are there ways to engage that require less time that actually could open up some new possibilities, right? Some new things, right? If you're a cyclist, can you go for a 30 minute run, right? I mean, that, you know, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Can you get into strength training? Can you swim or like pick a, pick a discipline, right? It could be anything. Um, And I think that's such a productive way to, to think about those time periods is it's not a zero sum game. It's not like, Oh, I, I can't, it's not, doesn't look exactly the same. So it, it, it's all for not right. No, there's so many ways to engage and still feel connected and, and it be productive. Right. And I think that's a great time period. Was that a, like, um, I mean, you said it, but that, I mean, that was like an important like shift for you. Ultimately that really kind of moved us in a direction of more like, like kind of overall athleticism and still had mountain bike goals, but yep. totally shifted how we focused like on the off season and what kind of training we did. And, um, was that, did that feel kind of like a turning point when we like identified the opportunity there? Yeah, that was a turning point for me for sure. And it was like, I, I want to try to keep my actual, some of the muscle mass that I gained and which was minimal, but still is like, Oh, I, and also I have, the two toddlers I'm chasing around. So I'm like, I don't want to, they're, they're going to be 50, 60 pounds and I'm going to be having to carry them places. So it's like, I'd rather be able to have that physical fitness there, um, to deal with them. Um, so that's great. Yeah. I mean, I love that just again, that there's an opportunity there and it's hard to see that in the moment, but I mean, hopefully conversations like these, you know, people, you can recognize, uh, for the folks listening that, that when you're in those time periods, typically there's something to be learned. Right. And it's not, Oh, I got to get down on myself or, Oh, you know, this is good. This time period is just going to be a wash or I better give up and not do anything. Like, no, you can do, you know, let's think about like, where's the opportunity there. So, um, yeah, I love that story. And just being, you know, being able to kind of, you know, see that firsthand unfold, um, from my viewpoint as well was, was always really impressive just to watch, you know, and to really like on the other side of that, be like, Oh, we've actually, we've uncovered lots of things we can do right now. We're getting into like lifelong athlete and like, how can we build systems and pieces where, yeah, like you can keep up with your kids, you know, in the next 20 years and, you know, all these like more and not that cycling is taking a backseat, but there's, there's lots of opportunity. So, um, so we, we've talked about the athlete side. I want to switch to, um, a bit of the coaching side. Cause I'm curious, you know, what that, um, uh, is like from your perspective. So having, having seen, you know, had so much experience on the athlete side and then an athlete working with a coach, um, for so long, um, what's been the biggest, maybe, you know, what's your biggest takeaway or, or maybe even just kind of biggest surprise or, or thing now that you switch to the coaching side, um, what's, what's been the biggest, uh, yeah, the biggest surprise that you, you know, maybe have learned or thing you didn't expect or what's, 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 what's that for you? 
Oof, I'm gonna think biggest surprise or learns. Um, it's starting to manage kind of the expectations of everyone, and um, everyone's gonna be different, and everyone's drive will definitely be different. So it's how do you inspire them to be the best of themselves, and uh, and so I think that it, what, what may work for one person may not work for the next, um, and that's what I'm really seeing. Yeah, what we see on the the coaching side, you know, it's it's there's so much, and this is the, is the beauty of it. Uh, this is not a, a negative thing, but I always say that the last thing we do is write a training plan. Right, the, the it, it requires you know connecting with someone individually. It requires understanding their personality. It requires building a relationship with that person, understanding their motivators, their drives, their stress in their life. All right. All of this stuff built. And then like literally then you can provide a training plan. Right. And then, so, as, you know, as coaches and then certainly on the athlete side, we think about coaches as like the person who gives me my training plan. Right. And yes. That is, that's what I call the, that's the prescriptive component of, of a coach um, is that we, we deliver that thing. But to your point, uh, there's so much that, that really to be impactful, um, you have to understand and pay attention to, you know, ahead of time, you know, leading up to, um, to when you, when you write that training plan, um, what's, what's the thing that you feel like is the biggest, um, what's the biggest piece that, that is important to understand with your coach hat on? about someone in order to actually help them like on the training side, right? Like if you had one thing to, to know or understand, um, what would that be? Um, that would kind of be navigating, helping them navigate their days. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we, we may write a, write a really good plan for them and, it, and they may not all of a sudden just get hurdles thrown in them. And then it's like, Oh, I meant I skipped this workout the next day they skip the next workout and it's like, all right, did we allocate enough time for every day or are, did we over allocate the time that you're telling me? And, it, and it, again, it goes back to the communication piece and making sure that we set them up appropriately so that they're successful and not failing. Um, so I, I think kind of the two big things, it's really the communication and then just navigating through their days. Totally. Yeah, we, you and I have talked about this, but it's this, um, you can have the best plan in the world, but if it doesn't work with an individual's life, it doesn't matter, right? You, you really have to understand. And I think um, it, it has to be, and this touches on, you know, it really comes back to what we were talking about earlier is it has to fit into your life. You know, it has to work with your lifestyle. It has to work with the hours that you can allocate in a day for this particular thing. And then when are days where you can't allocate that time, right? Those are rest days. Those are days where it doesn't make sense to try to force an activity. If, if you only have five minutes, right? If you're just, if it's a crazy day and, you know, we all have those. Um, so yeah, I think, and that's the biggest piece too, like on the athlete side. So often um, we, we don't want to communicate that with, with other people because we feel like that's a failure on our part, right? We're like, no, no, I'll get it done. Like it all costs, whatever it takes. And for it to be sustainable, it has to be, it has to be manageable. You know, it has to be enjoyable. It can't be, I got to get up at two in the morning to, to get this workout in. I'm going to do that for the rest of my life, I guess. Like, no, you know, eventually you have to like, things have to mellow out. Um, so yeah. What's, what's been your biggest, uh, your biggest, uh, your biggest takeaway from your experience? You know, you've been through lots of different, you know, seasons, kind of, you know, literally, but also like seasons of life, uh, as an athlete. And then now as a coach, what's been your biggest takeaway, um, just in kind of that, I don't know, just as an athlete who, has lots of balls in the air, you know, and, and is still goal oriented. Um, I think just, I think the biggest thing is understand, understand your body at times. And, you know, it's being an athlete. And then as a coach, like you want your athletes to be able to tell you what their, how their body's feeling and how it's reacting. So that, you know, you're 
you're writing these prescriptive workouts are, is their body, is it too hard too too easy? Um, and that way they're not going to get burnt out. Um, so, and that's kind of some of the stuff that I've seen over the years. It's like, I, if I was constantly doing hard workouts, I'd go get burnt out and it's just like take two months off the bike. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to touch my bike. And then it's like, all right, get back on it. And so it's, you want to take think you want to be able to do stuff in sizable chunks and, and be able to not be burnt out. Yeah. Put some stress on your body, but have fun with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Again, I think, yeah, back to that. It's, it's that sustainable piece, you know, and I, I've talked about this a lot and it's really my hope that, that as athletes and, and coaches, we can get away from, and, and we're, we're starting to see, more a better narrative around this, but get away from this kind of boom and bust approach to being an athlete, which is I'm going to give it 12 weeks in the build up to my race. And then I'm not going to touch my bike all winter long. Right. Or I'm never going to touch my running shoes until next, until the next 12 week time. Right. And it's just this constant, like over abuse, over training, mental burnout, put everything in the back burner, and then you're trying, and then you try to make up for that, and you you know, and it's just this vicious cycle. And we're we're seeing again a better narrative around just kind of a a more sustainable kind of lifelong athlete approach to just being engaged constantly, you know. And yeah, you have goals, you have times when you're pr- pushing hard. There's more uh, effort required, but that it doesn't mean that we we totally table that thing when you know, right after a race or right after an event or right after whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I think one of my big hopes and, and, and goals is to help people see that actually having that, that as a consistent touch point is about so much more than just fitness. You know, it, it, it like there's a, there's an importance in carving out that time for yourself and like how that shows up in the rest of your life. Right. So, and that's one of the things I wanted to ask you, as, as a husband and a father of two young kids, like how, what other role does, does exercise and like fitness play, right? Like obviously fitness is, I always say it's a nice byproduct of exercise, right? But the things that we actually get from consistent exercise are so much more. I'm curious what that, how that's shown up in your life outside of just the physical piece. Um, I, so mentally, I think, uh, just being able to get out, get fresh air, it, it kind of just lets you clear everything. Uh, I did use it early on as a, uh, a stress relief, a way to relieve all my stress and kind of just let go of anything for the day or even use it as a way to think, um, for what I needed to do the next day, kind of plan out everything. Um, and really I, um, one of the big things that people tell me is you're always smiling. Oh, I'm smiling because I get to wake up every morning, go work out. And I, and I, and it's just, I think it brings a different mentality for you when you get moving. Um, and that's why I just like just moving, working out doing whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. but I think it also with like, I've had times where I'm working out in the garage with my, and my daughter will wake up at like 6am. She'll pop out there and we'll start working out with me. I'm like, this is awesome. And so it kind of take a, I'll pause it or slow down my workouts. And then, uh, she has a mat that she'll bring out and put next to mine. And then I actually ended up ordering some smaller kettlebell weights for her. And so I'm like, here, let's, let's do what daddy's doing. And so like that now is kind of, I'm, I'm inspired to be able to teach the next person and get them inspired of movements. Great. And, like just have fun with it. And it's not all about just physical pain and just uh, dreading your workouts. It's go have fun. And, um, and, and my son will actually come out every now and then too. And, you know, I, I have battle ropes that I use in my garage and they'll be like, Oh, I want to do the ropes. And so you just kind of go there and teach them how to do them. And it's, again, it's fun. It's a fun thing for me to do and puts an even bigger smile on my face, having them out there with me. I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't over, you can't overstate the importance of, or just the value of like including everyone, you know? And like, I think it can be, 
a family activity and it doesn't have to be like you said, you touched on something great. I was like, you know, the amount of suffering in a workout is not how we quantify whether it was like productive or not. Right. Like the, the, the most productive workouts are often the ones we share with people in our community or like our family or like young kids or, you know, and yeah, maybe you had to slow down and maybe it was, you know, you would have had a, a slightly higher intensity workout or whatever, but you know, the, the sum total of that experience is so much greater than like the, the little minuscule level of fitness that may or may not have been eked out of like, you know, a slightly higher intensity workout. And I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves oftentimes, right. For like, we think that every workout is, um, is like make or break. Right. And I think if we can do anything as coaches, it's to help people relinquish the pressure that they put on any single session because fitness is made in, you know, long periods of time, right? One workout doesn't, doesn't move the needle. It's, it's the consistent one workout week after week after week after month and so on. Um, but, um, I said another thing pop into my mind and I, I thought, you know, with someone, <laughs> this happens all the time, as you know, well, no, I love it. Um, <laughs> um, you know, someone with, um, with, well, let me frame this often people that are, you know, what we see with, with TEC and, and the, the folks that we work with on the athlete side, there's, there's often a correlation between, um, between people that are interested in dedicating themselves to, to a goal and improving their fitness and showing up for themselves and, you know, all these ways we could categorize just being athletic. Um, there's typically a correlation between that and how they show up in their, uh, in the professional space, right? So we tend to work with high drivers, right? People that are, if you're interested in setting goals personally, odds are you're probably interested in setting goals professionally in other areas of your life as well. But I want to, so I'm, so you are an individual who is in that space. You have, you know, um, you know, uh, accomplished a lot in your career and, you know, done different things and, and moved up. And, um, so I'm curious how that, like, how has that played with, with being an athlete? Like, have you seen those things, connected are there skills that cross over from either from like your professional space to the athlete space or athlete space to professional um because i often find that they're not um i often find that they're linked in some way right so i'm just curious what is there is there any uh, crossover for you absolutely there is um and i and some of it has just been like network like some my like at the surface like the networking of the sport was there and then um a lot of times you know you when you go out for four-hour bike rides you, you would spend a lot of time by yourself kind of sitting there and uh and, it, and kind of it it's like you have to go grind it out and so when you at work you might have some things that come up and it's like I, I, I kind of have an OCD personality at times, but it's like, I'll just go sit down and sit, sit for four hours and make sure I get all my grind out all my work. And, you know, it might be the most mind numbing work, but it's like, you have to have that de dedication to make sure that you're getting your work done at the end of the day. Cause then it's, you're not being successful. And, um, and so, and kind of, it's like every week it's, you write your list and you make sure you accomplish that list. And that's where it's like, again, I'm very well planned out on what I do for my workouts and then what I do for my, my family as well as professionally. So it's like, I've always had a, a week to two week look ahead of how I look at how I'm going to guide myself through my, my days. And, um, so and it's kind of that forethought. Um, and I think the other big thing that I kind of gained as well as, uh, communication, um, crazy, kind of just, you don't want to decompartmentalize everything. It's, uh, so it's like, I, I've learned to be a little bit more open at work and then working with a coach, you, you don't want to always just keep your, all your comments to yourself. You want to say, kind of give good feedback of, 
hey, I'm starting to feel this creak in my my knee. Like, what should I do? Or, hey, I crashed my bike. I should be good in two days. And, you know, and then you jump back on it and it's too early and you're going into hard workouts and then you end up getting a longer injury. So it's kind of being able to navigate those issues that you have. And I think that's kind of some of the correlations that I've seen. Those are, those are amazing takeaways. Yeah. I mean, the communication piece, I actually hadn't really put that final point on it, but I think that makes total sense is that there is that specifically between coach and, and athlete, but there's even like communication with yourself, right? There's a bit, there's the body awareness and like knowing when you need to rest and when you, you know, it's the same thing with work, right? If you're pushing hard and work, like there are times when you're going to need to rest, you know, you, you can burn the candle at both ends, but there are, you know, there's a point of diminishing returns, just like with training where you're like, okay, you know, I need, I need to spend some time with my family, right? Like, yeah, I got a lot of work to do, but instead of working Saturday and Sunday, like I'm going to take, take a beat. Um, and yeah, I, that's such a, that's such a great point. And I love the, I love I've often said that, the that kind of dedication to effort the effort required to do really great things um is is what we can learn from from being an athlete right and and specifically it's that like it's probably not like the the things that really move the needle are not ever as sexy as we think they're going to be right like in training the things that actually like make us fit are the things we just come back week over week. You know, we come back to week after week. It's the, it's the same consistent ride. It's the same consistent strength training. It's the same, you know, and we, we imagine again, this, you know, this great goal and it, you know, like truthfully the stuff that moves the needle is, is the work that no one else wants to do. Right. And it's the same thing typically in the career space. Like you said, it's like, it's that four hour, like, this is going to suck. I don't really want to do this, but this is what it takes, you know, and and then that's okay. Um, and I, there's so much to be learned again from like the training spaces. You're like, you know, is that four hour solo ride? Was it the best ride you ever had? Like maybe, or maybe not, but you know, it's required to move the needle. Right. And you do that the next week and the next week. And can you get a little faster? Can you get a little bit more efficient? Can that climb that comes at the three hour mark come a little easier? Right. So you're looking for these like small benchmarks where you know you're making progress. Right. It's not like you're next week you go out and you're like, oh, four hours felt super easy. I was flying. Right. Now you're always looking for these like small wins. It's the same thing with work. Right. Like, you know, if you want to, you want to progress, it's small wins over long periods of time. Um, how have you, to that end, what's some of the ways you've quantified? those wins along the way, right? Like when you're not racing, when you're not, cause there's most of the work is just that process oriented stuff. You know, it's not that sexy stuff. So how, how have you looked for those wins to keep you excited and motivated and kind of find those benchmarks along the way? Um, so what is it? You, so kind of going back to like the racing, I, I'd always being in Arizona, our races went from January to April. So uh, you would start peaking in fall. So it's complete reverse of everyone else in the country. Um, and so it, I always kind of lose some motivation in uh, fall going into winter because it's like you're constantly doing stuff. And so uh, kind of just finding those wins, it was, I think, I think it was just kind of fun. It's like at the end of the week, did you, did you hit your goals? And um, the wins, I think, I would always just enjoy just being out there so that it let, can give me a, my, my wins. Um, but I think if I didn't do it, if I skipped a workout, I'd be more upset, but sometimes it's like, why did I skip the workout? It was a, uh, work related. Was it sickness injury? Um, but it's like, I, I was, I'm a <laughs> very repetitive person. I like, I like having my plans put in place. I'll accomplish those. And so it's like, did I, did I hit 90% of my workouts? I'm like, yep, I'm happy. And, um, and it's like, now it's get to go out and even outside of my workouts, it's like, all right, did I get my kids out now moving and can they, can I keep, well, they can, can they keep up with me soon? I'm going to be like, can they keep, can I keep up with them? Um, but (laughs) yeah, it's kind of those, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's some of those, uh, it's, it's hard, hard to quantify those smaller wins, but I think it's just looking and obviously everything's tracked through the data now. And so it's, Hey, did I, my wins are, did I accomplish all my workouts? And so I think that's kind of what I look at. And I know during the, during the years, I'm going to have my fitness go up and down and I'm not always going to be at the peak. So it's like, did I hit my durations? And, and so that's kind of what I look at. It's a good, it's a good, um, that's a great way to look at things, but even more so, or I guess to, to put a finer point on that, there's a real value in defining what success looks like for each individual, you know, and you touched on that. I was like, yeah, like, is it, is it duration? Did I hit 90%? Did I, you know, win things, when your fitness slumps or when you have a busy week, like, can, can you still hit those things that, that, that equal success for you outside of some of these more outcome based things, right? Like, did I win that race? That's a, obviously that's, you know, that's success, right? So it doesn't, we don't have to look for like the nuance in that, but that's so few and far between, right? Or did I PR? Did I set a new threshold power or whatever it is? Those things come so infrequently that we have to have these like things that we can come back to on a daily basis. Um, and I've talked a lot about non-negotiables, right? Is that you should, you got to have your things that you're unwilling to waver on, right? And these are like macro level. It's like daily movement, right? And, and then it's, you know, time with family. So it's like, it's across your entire life. And, and as long as you have these non-negotiables, as long as you can kind of check that box most days, it allows you to relinquish the pressure of those, like riding those really high highs and those really low lows, because you're like, no, it's fine. Like, yeah, maybe I had a hard workout plan today, but work got the best of me. I slept like shit last night. So I'm just going to go for a walk with my kids. And like, that's a win, right? That feels good. Cause I checked that, that movement box. Right. So it's less about outcome yeah. and more about just that process and being engaged. Um, yeah, I, I love, I love that, that just, yeah, that idea of like kind of defining success in different ways. What, what have, what have been some of those, if we like take that a step further, what, I mean, what would that look like expanded on for you? Like what does success look like? You know, that's kept that again, cause not to harp on it, but I do think like one of the things to point out about your process is that ability to remain massively consistent throughout like lots of different periods of time, right? Kids and houses and different jobs and travel and all the things. And like those things are a part of most people's lives. And the real fact of the matter is, is that it derails most people, right? It, it is really challenging for people to, to, to continue. And I'm, that's not me putting people down. It's my hope that we can provide tools to help people ride that out in a way that feels they don't have to give up, you know, the other things they care about or, or give up exercise. Um, so yeah, like what are the, like, what's that success if we take that a step further, maybe even just like define it, what have some of those, what have some of those pieces been for you and like how you define success on maybe a larger scale to keep you, keep you steady. Um, really kind of larger scale. I think being able to map out what, where you want to go is huge. And so and kind of working with a coach and knowing your time limits, your travels, your work schedules, if you, if you have that communication to them, they're going to provide the best of, to their ability, the a good program for you to do or workouts to follow that way you kind of hit them. And, and that's kind of what I've been, been very fortunate with. Um, I've been the, Oh man, I'm, I'm just trying to think further on this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, I, I've, I've always had that desire to work out, but it, like, it, it, I think having the, a, ro- a good road, a solid roadmap to be able to execute is huge. And then the willingness, you know, you're, you might, you know, do you, do you do 30 minute workouts? Um, so that, and if you're trying to get back into it, do you start small just to get your motivation going? And, Cause I think, I think the hardest thing to do is get motivated. And so, um, it's, you start with baby steps and then you start working your way up and I think that, and you kind of build it. And once you get into that routine, it, 
your routine might get screwed up every now and then, you know, you might have a kid wake up during the middle of the night puking and say so your sleep gets all messed up and you're like, all right, I'll just take the day off, uh, workouts and re- hit the restart button the next day. And then you're going to feel better. And you, you know, you're, you're, you didn't go through your workout half-assed and, um, but you're excited for the next day and hopefully you don't get another kid that pukes that night. But yeah, I think it's just getting, getting those roadmaps and, building out. And I think it's starting with just kind of baby steps and making sure that you're able to execute. Cause I think as long as you execute those baby steps, you'll start building on those and wanting to hopefully take on more. Who, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, quotes is that, um, uh, how does it go? It's, it's um, movement. Movement follows action action doesn't follow movement, meaning that like that we wait around often for motivation to come. And actually what we need to be doing to get motivated is to get going. Um, right. And so, I mean, to your point, doing something, having an idea of what can I do right now? Right. Maybe it's not where I want to go long-term. Maybe I'm not where I want to be, but that doesn't mean that we have to not do anything. Right. And people do, it is hard to, when you're not where you want to be, it can be hard to take that first step because you're like, well, you know, what's the point? Or it's going to take a long time to get there. Or, and yeah, I mean, it's such a, and, and that to your point, just knowing where you're going to go, right? Having that roadmap, what does the first step look like? What can I do with my time and my energy? And what would that look like to build in the direction of, maybe something else I'd like to try or another experience I'd like to have, or, you know, and, and maybe it's more fitness. Maybe it's not, maybe it's just being more comfortable. Maybe it's being more capable. Maybe it's being able to like ride bikes with your kids or whatever, right? Like whatever that looks like for any individual. Um, I think that's, that's such a great, that's such a great uh, point is that starting is, is the most important step. Right. <laughs> and don't yeah. wait for like the perfect time and the perfect scenario. Cause it's, it's never going to happen. Right. That you just gotta, you gotta get started. And then like action builds momentum. Um, and that's, that's the most important piece. Um, well, uh, Brayden, this has been, uh, this has been great. Any, uh, any parting words, uh, for, for our listeners with your athlete or your coach hat on? No, I appreciate having the time and, you know, always, always pushing, you know, I'm excited to jump beyond the TEC team. Yeah, absolutely. No, we're, we're stoked to have you and athletes are going to be uh, lucky to, uh, to be able to uh, build, build a relationship with you and learn from, uh, learn from everything you have to offer. So yeah, thanks Braden. Uh, it's always been a, amazing to work with you and I can't wait to see where, uh, where things go from here. Thank you, Taylor.